We are so excited to announce that our book, Moving to Colorado, is available for purchase on Amazon. If you are thinking of moving to Colorado or know someone who is, this book is the perfect resource. You will find answers to questions like what are the best neighborhoods, what are the best jobs available, and what is the average cost of living. Moving to Colorado should be fun and exciting, not stressful and full of unknowns. Use this book as a blueprint for a broad range of information about housing, neighborhoods, culture, lifestyle, taxes, employment, and even the weather. It's complete with research, details, and personal experience from both a newcomer and native's perspectives. Moving to Colorado, a guide for what it costs and where to live on the front range, will help you reduce the unknowns so you can plan your move with ease. Go to hashtag coloradolife.com book to get your copy on Amazon. Did you know in Vail, Colorado, it is illegal to hit obstacles while on skis or a snowboard? This law means that most accidents while skiing or snowboarding is actually a crime. I'm Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newcomer. And we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we share accessible adventures to help you explore like a local. In this episode, we're doing a rundown of what we consider to be the best ski towns in Colorado and what makes each one great. Not to be confused with the best mountain towns, which is another topic we will be talking about later. These ski and snowboard towns have their own vibe and different amenities. So no matter how you plan to enjoy the powder, Colorado is the perfect destination. And the great news is that most of these major ski resorts are within just a few hours drive of Denver. And in fact, all of these ski towns can be accessed via I-70 heading into the mountains. So let's dive in. And in no particular order, but we will be numbering these just for ease of hearing and trackability. First up is Breckenridge, or Breck as the locals call it. It is a less well-known ski resort, um, and it's actually an old historic mining town. It is a Colorado ski town favorite that the locals really enjoy visiting because it's not so overrun with like big name hotels or chain style restaurants. Um, That's definitely one reason you and I really like going there is because it doesn't feel corporate. It feels it feels more quirky and like, you know, like a mountain town. It feels like it should. Yes, I totally agree. It's definitely a local favorite and it feels that way, even down to the neighborhoods that have their own personalities and the quirky downtown that you can explore. There's basically you won't recognize any of the names uh, downtown as far as like shops or restaurants or anything because they're all owned by small business owners and they're all completely unique and fun. There are also lots of local festivals and activities that you can enjoy all year long. Um, One that we really like is the International Snow Sculpture Championships. And these people are so talented with snow, you just don't even know. Um, Snowshoeing and cross-country skiing are also very popular options here. There are actually two um, Nordic centers in Breck, the Breckenridge Nordic Center and the Gold Run Nordic Center, which is perfect for both snowshoeing and cross-country skiing. And about the snow sculpture championships, like, how do you practice that? Like, I wonder if there's any, like, overlap to the people who sculpt the sand. There might be, yeah. Because it's kind of similar. I don't know. Also, this is not to be confused with the ice sculptures. This is no snow. This is Yeah, this is snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a 15-foot sculpture named Isaac Hartstone, and he's made out of recycled and upcycled materials, and he's installed along the Trollsagen Trail. Yeah, it's actually a really cool um, local favorite. They 
had back in like 2018 a whole controversy about how popular the Breck Troll was to come and see, and they actually ended up moving him to his own little trail, so that's why it's called Trollstagen Trail. So what's nearby Breck? Well, the town of Frisco is nearby and has lots of shops and restaurants and a really fun, quirky downtown to explore as well. Um, it is also home to the Frisco Adventure Park, which is really fun for kids and adults of all ages, I will have to say. We really enjoyed it when we went last year, um, and it was really fun to do with my parents. So, you know, even if you're only just a kid at heart, you should check it out. And to learn some more about Breckenridge specifically, um, check out our episode number 19, where we give you kind of like a local's guide to Breckenridge, and we go into more detail and history about Breckenridge itself. Number two is Keystone, and Keystone is typically one of the very first ski slopes to open each season. In fact, Keystone generally opens in October every year. This is a small town, and it's a great place for kids to discover, like, how fun it is to be up in the mountains and be in snow. Uh, they actually have something called the Kidtopia Snow Fort, and it's actually the world's largest, and it's top Durkham Mountain. Um, and it's huge, and it seriously looks like a castle made out of snow. And I was looking at some pictures, and they have, like, sculptures and caves and things for, like, you know, kids to do. And I swear they had Cave of Wonders made out of snow, you know. The whole, who disturbs my slumber guy. <laughs> From Aladdin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. I mean, it may be a kid fort. I wonder if they let adults in there, but I would totally love to go there. Yeah, let's go have a snowball fight there. If you're looking for some cool non-ski-related things they have at Keystone is the Chef Throwdown, where four local Keystone chefs are pitted against Top Chef Colorado's Carrie Baird in a taste-off in a four-course meal and wine tasting, which totally sounds right up our alley. Uh, Keystone actually has North America's largest outdoor Zamboni-maintained ice skating rink. And it has lots of fun things you can do in the Christmas season. Um, they have a really nice, large, lit Christmas tree in the center of the rink and it's open for skating. True story. It wasn't until I was like 27 or 28 that I realized it wasn't skating ring with a G, that it's a K. <laughs> skating rink. Now I'm like, why are all these people saying it wrong? It's skating ring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be. It, it does go in a circle. I, but. That's That was what my brain was. Whatever. Keystone is also close to Dillon slash Silverthorne, which is known for having a lot of fun activities, uh, great places to eat, and an outdoor outlet mall. It's actually really big and really fun if you want to bring friends and family there to shop for the day. Maybe go skiing the next day or take a break. Yeah. In fact, Dillon and Silverthorne is actually so centrally lo located to a lot of the ones that we have mentioned are going to mention. Uh, it's close to Breck, Arapaho Basin, Copper Mountain, Loveland, and Keystone. They're all nearby. So it's really like a, a central hub where if you wanted to come in and stay in Dillon slash Silverthorne, this would be a great place to be able to hit multiple mountains. That's a really good tip. Next up at number four is Copper Mountain Resort. And Copper Mountain is actually undergoing a massive $100 million multi-year renovation with some awesome changes to the town, to the resort, and to actually the slopes itself. That sounds um, crazy. That's yeah, a lot of money. $100 million. And God, that's like, what can you do with that? In the 2019-2020 season, it'll debut the Woodward Peace Park, a unique, ever-changing uh, terrain park that is open to all guests. And what I would actually say this is closest akin to is actually like a freestyle park with jumps and half pipes and turns and slaloms and like an obstacle course and a really good place to break your face. <laughs> it sounds like they're making a lot of awesome changes and I know they have a, a lot of other plans scheduled for next season too. 
Um, they offer something I've actually never heard of, which is called uphill tours. And the closest thing I can relate this to is actually cross country skiing up the mountain. I don't know why people would want to do this, but I guess it's similar to like swimming up river. <laughs> you would get like more of a workout or something. But basically what you have is this thing called skins that you put at the bottom of your skis that allow you to grip the snow and release the binding so the heel is free to move when you climb up the mountain. And then you'll be able to obviously get some really insane cardio. You can take the skins off when you reach the top and ski down normally and then probably collapse and go to bed. Yeah, right into That's ski right do. into your bed. Yep. Yes. <laughs> There's also the Woodward Copper Barn, and it's an action sports playground with multiple skate-slash-scooter-slash-BMX zones, six different levels of foam pit jumps, five Olympic-grade fly bed trampolines, and it's just basically like a giant indoor place where you could, like, you know, practice all of the things that you want to do and what your mom doesn't want you to do on the slopes. Oh, that's a really good idea then. So you just break your face indoors and not out. Yeah, you got someone nearby and you don't have all the gear on you. (laughs) There's also the Rocky Mountain Coaster, which is a roller coaster that is on the mountain, and it takes you on a 5,800-foot-long winding ride down the mountain, and you kind of just like hop into this little cart, I guess, and you control the brakes, so you get to go as fast or slow as you want. That sounds terrifying. It sounds fun. Copper Mountain is also near Frisco and Breck, so you can actually enjoy some great skiing, food, and entertainment at any one of these awesome cities. You can go to Copper Mountain for the day skiing, and then you can stay in Frisco or Breck and check out some of the other awesome things they have to do. Next up at number five is one of my personal favorites is Winter Park slash Fraser. It's another ski resort off I-70, but it's before you reach the other towns that we've mentioned. So it's a little bit closer to Denver. Um, It's a really nice drive to get there. I've actually been to Winter Park many, many times with my family over the years. It's one of our popular um, family getaways that we did in my teenage years. And we used to go to the Colorado Adventure Park, which is a really nice snow tubing hill that is really fun. And uh, you and I, Ryan, actually went snowshoeing in Winter Park for the first time here, Mm -hmm. which was really, really fun. And quite the workout, I must admit. By the time we were done, I was like, I don't need my coat. I don't need (laughs) these pants. (laughs) I really enjoyed it, though. It was fun, yeah. Winter Park is most popular for the Mary Jane Run, which is basically a play on the whole fact that Colorado has a very budding weed culture. See what I did there? They just made it so easy. And uh, it's a blue, considered a blue, which is like a mid-intermediate level ski trail that you can ski down. And it's actually really popular. A lot of people like coming up here to do the Mary Jane. Imagine that. And then they do the Mary Jane. And then they do the Mary Jane. <laughs> it's true. Um, it is actually funny to see people who have never really skied or boarded before and they just want to go to Winter Park to do Mary Jane Trail and then they get on it and completely wipe out. Uh, there's a, usually quite a bit of people on the trail and it is pretty difficult. I would say that I've done it several times on a snowboard and it is not easy at all. It's You gotta you got to know what you're doing. Actually in Fraser. I actually had the best barbecue I have ever found in Colorado at Smokehouse Barbecue, and holy moly, was it good. They, like, sit you down, and you get, like, you know, a wad of napkins, and they have, like, the the cheesy checkered table mats for you, and you just make a mess, and you have all of the sauces because they give you, like, a plethora of choices, and man, it was so good. Yeah, it's a really small place, and when you first walk in, you know, there's a lot of people there because it is very popular, but I will say I did enjoy the choices of sauce that they had for the barbecue sauce because they actually make them in-house, and uh, they're so good that they are going to be selling them in Denver. Yeah. 
So Winter Park is actually a really great place to take your kids and the family. It was actually voted best ski resort of 2018 by USA Today of all the ski resorts across the USA. And it's actually the fourth largest ski resort here in Colorado. And as of the 2007 and 2008 season, Winter Park has averaged just shy of 300 inches of snow each winter. And that is 25 feet for people who don't want to do the math. That's a lot of snow. Yeah, that is a lot of snow. One thing I wanted to say is that the town of Fraser is actually very nearby. It's within about 10 minutes of Winter Park because the Winter Park Resort area is basically the only place that you can really stay at and ski and it's very small. So Fraser is where a lot of locals come to stay and ski during the winter. Um, and there's actually a lot to do here and it's a little bit cheaper than staying at the Winter Park Resort. It includes the Fraser Snow Tubing Hill, which is a really awesome hill, um, again, for snow tubing. You can also rent snowmobiles and do snowshoeing here as well. Um, so it's a really fun place that is very nearby Winter Park. Number six on our list is Arapahoe Basin Ski and Snowboard Area. It's actually been open since 1946, and Arapahoe Basin Area has a local sort of like laid-back vibe that I think kind of appeals to more of like the purest type of, of adventurer. Um, it isn't like a resort. It doesn't have, you know, hotels there. It's not a town. It's like really just simply for people to go ski and snowboard. So if you just want to show up, ski, snowboard, go home, this is an awesome place to go. Um, a Basin for short, it's known for having the longest season in Colorado, and it usually runs from mid-October to early July, with the weather permitting, of course. And actually, the latest a season has actually gone was back in 1995, when the season closed on August 10th. And that's just kind of crazy to think that yeah. seriously, like two months after it closed for the season, they'd be opening it again. That's so crazy. Yeah. Imagine skiing on 4th of July. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah. Really weird. And basically, you're skiing in the summer. Yeah. That's strange, yeah. A Basin is actually one of the highest ski resorts in North America, where the base elevation is 10,500 feet, which is higher than many other ski resort peak points. Summit elevation is 13,050 feet. A large portion of the descent from up here is actually above the timberline, so you don't have to worry about hitting up trees or anything. Another thing that I saw when I was kind of going through some pictures um, about a basin is they actually do a lot of weddings here because it actually overlooks the continental divide at 11,500 feet. So you'd have some like beautiful pictures and really nice scenery. It'd be like one of those destination weddings that would just like, you'd be able to show anybody and they'd just be in awe of seeing it. And I also like to imagine, you know, the bride has her dad come out to officiate the wedding and he's like, from Miami or something, and he's like, we've gathered here <laughs> today to, to not breathe. To stop breathing. <laughs> a Basin is actually sandwiched between Keystone and Loveland ski areas and is also near Dillon slash Silverthorne. Number seven is the Vale Mountain Resort, and that is about 30 minutes west of Breck and Frisco, and Vale is known for its world-class skiing, but it's also known for its amenities. Vale Village is full of high-end shopping and restaurants, luxury hotels, spas, all of that. It has some of the best spas actually in the country. The village is one of the most popular ski resorts in the U.S. because of its unique style and culture. The town kind of makes you feel like you're in the Swiss Alps, where it has like this very Bavarian feel with the way that the buildings are built and the period detailing, all of that. 
One of the things that we really enjoyed doing there is the art walk, which is actually free every day. And it's a, a free tour guided walk. And it goes around the city and they talk to you all about the history and the Bavarian feel of the town, about the architecture. And there's actually art sculptures from local artists there and everything. So it's a really cool and educational thing that you can do for free if you want to just go check out Vale Village for the day. Yeah, and I really... As a history buff, I really enjoyed hearing the history about it and, like, the ties that it had to the rest of the world. And, you know, skiing in the sense is not very old in, like, the the mass sense, like uh, the mainstream sense. That's what I'm trying to say. Another thing that was really cool when we were there is that you and I got to see a mama moose walk across, like, this little creek area with her baby. And she was only, like, 25, 30 feet away from us. Yeah, and it was, like, Super in close. the middle of town, too. Mm-hmm. She didn't care about us at yeah. all. And number eight is Beaver Creek. And it's a 20-minute drive from Vale. Um, it actually feels similar to Vale with the luxurious feel that it has, but it's definitely totally different and a lot smaller. Beaver Creek is nestled into the mountain, and it is actually like when the sun goes behind the mountain at like 2 o'clock in the day, it gets all shaded and it's like really chilly there, uh, as opposed to like Vale where it's in the valley and it's, you know, bumps up against the mountain like many other, you know, ski resorts do. So the one word I would use to say Beaver Creek, it definitely is bougie. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. It's luxurious. It's, it's fun. Um, they have some really cool things there. They have actually the Villar Performing uh, Arts Center where they have like, uh, well, performers, obviously. And they have tours of bands. Um, they have magicians. They have comedians that come by. And when I was like looking through it, they had some pretty big name people. So, you know, it'd be really fun to hit this like after a day of skiing and snowboarding to just go see a show. That'd be great. We actually went to Beaver Creek Resort for a Valentine's Day getaway, and it was a really great place for a fun date night. They have ice skating and an ice skating rink outside, and uh, you can actually walk through and look at all the lights and the cool shops and, you know, just take in, get a cup of hot chocolate, whatever. Um, We went ice skating, and it was really fun. It was actually snowing at that time, and they had music going and giving out, like, free roses to the ladies. It was really fun. Yeah, it sounds like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, it was actually kind of romantic. It kind of was. I would say Beaver Creek kind of caters more towards out-of-towner people because it's such like a destination place. But I would say that if you are willing to splurge, do it. This is an awesome place to be able to do it because it's just all the amenities and everything that is there. It just, it's fun. It's worth it. And I used to do it as a kid. My uncle would come into town and he would get a place in Beaver Creek and you could like ski in and ski out. It was expensive, but it was very fun. Really, really nice. It's a. I actually have a couple of friends who have gotten married out of state, you know, in Texas and Louisiana and other states, and then they would have Beaver Creek Resort be their um, honeymoon destination. So that's really fun. At number nine is Aspen slash Snowmass Village. And Aspen is a lot like Vail, where it does have high-end boutique shops and fancier restaurants, um, mostly because it's an international destination for skiers, where you'll also see a lot of tourists and stuff like that here. Um, but there's really nothing quite like the city. Aspen is home to beautiful landmarks like the Wheeler Opera House, which was actually built in 1889. They're in the silver mining boom. And the slopes themselves encompass 5,500 acres, 362 trails, 41 lifts, on four mountains, in two towns. And the cool thing is you only have to pay for one lift ticket to get access to all of that. 
Yeah, it's really cool because, like you said, it's two different towns and they have two different feels. Like Aspen is very much more upscale. Snowmass is a little bit more relatable and budget-friendly. But it's still really cool and gives you lots of options of different places to ski and, you know, all kinds of things to do. Aspen is actually home to nearby Maroon Bells, which is actually one of the most photographed spots in all of Colorado. And Maroon Bells is actually on our bucket list this year. And if you want to add it to yours, you should check out our Creating Your Colorado Bucket List episode. Also nearby is Independence Pass, and it's a scenic road that goes over the Continental Divide, and it peaks out at 12,095 feet above sea level, so you're way up there. This actually used to be the main way to get east and west before they did the Eisenhower Tunnel and all that. And actually, kind of a cool thing, when we went to Snowmass last time, we went on the 50th anniversary when they were offering the same price of tickets as their opening day of just five bucks. The place was packed. But we were able to go up the gondola. We didn't bring our skis or anything, but we were able to just go up the gondola and mm-hmm. just like kind of enjoy the sights. We had a, ate at a really good restaurant at the top of the mountain, and it was just five bucks. And it's funny because I think about when it opened 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. I bet you they grumbled about five dollars too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a really fun experience. All right, and number 10 on our list is Steamboat Springs. And this resort is actually much more off the beaten path. It's further north than some of the other ski resorts that we've mentioned. Uh, Steamboat Springs will take you about four hours to get to if you're coming from Denver, Um, but it's totally worth it. I mean, there's much less people, it's much less touristy, and it's a little more budget-friendly. They have something that is actually offered called First Tracks, and it's uh, early access to the slopes each morning before they open, so you can be like the first one to hit the fresh powder. Especially if you were to hit it on like a day when you know it's going to snow. If you can just, if you just want to eat that little extra cost, you can be the first one out there and you can make your own trails. Be really fun. I mean, what other resort can you do that? None really. They're way too busy. So this one's really cool. Outlaw Mountain Coaster. It's kind of similar to the Rocky Mountain Coaster um, that they have in Copper Mountain. They also offer sleigh ride dinners, night skiing. There's hot springs nearby. And you can also just always rent a snowmobile and take a tour with that. One really cool thing is that the horse-driven sleigh actually drops you off at the front door of one of the restaurants. So that's a really cool experience if you wanted to do with a loved one or even your family. Um, Take them for a night out on a horse-driven sleigh and get dropped off to eat dinner. Yeah, that sounds like a really fun excursion. Um, Another thing that I saw that was really unique is they had photography tours, which would be a really fun thing for like novices or if you have kids that you're noticing or kind of like showing an an interest in photography, this would be a great way to kind of like encourage that. You could go on a tour around the city, which is guided, and get some like really awesome shots, kind of learn some stuff too. And also it would be something that I would think would be offered year round. So it could be definitely something that you'd be able to do in winter or summer. Mm Mm-hmm. Another cool thing about Steamboat Springs is every Thursday, starting in about mid-February to mid-April, is Sunset Happy Hour, where you can actually get cocktails and listen to some good music and live bands and enjoy watching a beautiful sunset. Strawberry Park Hot Springs is also nearby, so after a really tough day of skiing and exercising, you can call a shuttle to get here and go relax in the hot springs. And it's actually really cool how they have it set up there because it's built into the mountain. And instead of knocking everything down and, you know, making this like pristine landscape for hot springs, they integrated it into the landscape and nature. And you really feel like you're sitting just in some hot springs in the mountains. But a heads up about Strawberry Park Hot Springs. If you are planning on driving there, you are required to have a four-wheel drive with either snow tread tires or chains on the tires. So... Otherwise, get the shuttle. 
All right, at the end of every show, we like to wrap up with a tip for finding free or affordable activities. And this is our frugal on the front range section. If you're looking for free lift tickets to skiing and snowboarding, be sure to check out the Get Out Pass. This annual pass includes lift tickets to Monarch Mountain and Sunlight Mountain Resorts, plus about 40 other amazing activities to do in Colorado for just one yearly price. Uh, Monarch Mountain specifically has slopes that feature wide open bowls and steep chutes and beautiful mountain trails, as well as some of the best tree skiing you will ever experience. And the great thing is, is you can save $40 instantly when you go to getoutpass.com Colorado and use the code ColoradoLife40. You can get free passes that include Monarch Mountain and Sunlight Mountain Resort. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And to learn more about this episode and the resources that we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we love to hear what episodes you enjoy. And be sure to hit us up on Instagram at hashtag coloradolife. Thanks again so much for listening. Until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.